whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hey everybody, this is Julie from Rock Antenna and what a huge honor it was to talk to the genius that is Billy Corgan. I was so freaking nervous, <laughs> seriously. I mean, the Smashing Pumpkins are basically one of the reasons why my husband and I are even together. So, whew, yes, um, Billy and I talked on Zoom and I apologize in advance for sometimes just not really reacting the way I should have reacted to his answers. Uh, anyway, uh, we talk about the new album Sir, their future plans, the musical development of the pumpkins, the human development of all of us, and also what the killer in me is the killer in you actually means. And yes, Billy is really just as great as you think he is. Thanks for listening, you guys. Take care, and especially in these trying times, stay safe and stay sane. And you said in an interview that you've had more than 40 songs on the boil at the same time. Um, did you all put them into this record right now, or are no, you planning on... No, no, the 46 songs are after this record. That's in addition to this record. We're working on 46 songs now. 20 is the seer. That's awesome. Um, where did you write all of these songs? I started in Nashville at the end of 2018, and then I worked in L.A. for a while, and then I kind of finished it in Chicago. This is all pre-pandemic, so this is when I used to move about and um, kind of work in different places. And uh, what, what have you been doing lately since March, basically? Uh, just recording these new songs. Um, we have two albums in production. One is uh, a sequel to Melancholy Machina and the other one yeah. is kind of volume three, which is the third of the trilogy of the shiny and so, so bright albums. It's, it's complicated, but yeah, we just have a lot of music going on. <laughs> That's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, who decided which songs are going to be the singles for Seer? Uh, <laughs> it's usually these things get debated, um, you know, with management and record label people and stuff like that. There's a radio guy involved. Everyone kind of puts in their two cents. Um, uh -huh. I don't always agree, but um, I have learned through the years to kind of... <laughs> well, I have learned through the years to trust myself because oftentimes what happens is I find in the last 15 years that when I make a new album, many people gravitated first to songs that remind them of the Smashing Pumpkins, uh -huh. which is weird. It's not necessarily the best song. Yeah. You would think everyone would go, oh, this is the best song. No, they gravitate yeah. to the song that's most familiar to them which oftentimes isn't the best song because it, in many ways, if it sounds like the Smashing Pumpkins, it's on some level redundant. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a bit of a tussle on that. Hmm. Because I, I think one of my, I've, I've been listening to the record obviously before uh, this interview and I was very excited that I got the link because I was like, oh my God, they were Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> um, and I think one of my favorites is Seer, yes. Uh, and um, Schaudenfreud, oh, Schaudenfreud, is this a German reference? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. Somebody, somebody, I think, recently said I spelled it wrong or I don't know, something. Yeah. See, that's the funny part is people think I would care and I actually don't care. Yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, in the English language, we bastardize everything. Half our language is full of French words and German words that have been completely... I mean, my name is a bastardization of German. Yeah. Wilhelm, right? Yeah, I mean, True. Yeah. my name is a bastardization of the German language. So, um, yeah, so I don't really mind these things. But... um. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's an interesting song. That song. Yeah, did you get to hear that song? You said you heard it, right? So you yeah, like, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the defense on that one, as we say. I, I like it, but I don't love it. And I, but sometimes I'm wrong. And then years later, I listen and I think, what was my problem with that song? Because everyone around me likes that song a lot. So I kind of went, yeah. okay, it's, if you like it, that's fine. Do you have a personal favorite on the record? Um, usually the, the ones I connect with most are the ones that are more, most personal to me, which isn't necessarily always the best song. It's more like where my heart goes. Um, for this record, it's um, the songs Wrath and Birch Grove, I think, are the ones that I'm closest to. I often like to point out that the music that I would do if I wasn't in, in the band or the music that I would do if I didn't have people looking over my shoulder is different than the music I make in this construct of being in a rock band or something. I've never had a problem with the, you know, there's this idea in physics, the idea of if an object is observed, does it change the object? Rock and roll is very much a process of the object being observed and altering, you know. Would the Beatles have existed, if, would much of that music have existed if there wasn't so much pressure and so much attention on them, right? There, there's something beautiful that was created from the energy around them. So I don't have a problem with the process, but I, but there are songs that are more like my, my own personality and not the personality of the band or the personality of me in the band, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. I, for myself, I'm very much into a more electronic-based music and 80s music right now, so that was the perfect fit that oh, I have right now. Well, this, yeah. is, this is the album um, for you, yeah. What happened in your songwriting space, though, then, that you've decided to do more of an electronic-based record? Um, I think what happens is you get tired of... Um, people telling you what your band is, yeah. which is which is almost never accurate. You know, mm. as I like to point out, one of our biggest songs ever was 1979, which is hardly, you know, grunge, right? Yeah. Um, and then secondarily, you know, at some point, something shifts where you're no longer uh, expected to be contemporary or even you expect yourself to be contemporary. But that mm -hmm. goes back to the object and observer thing where... I, I don't want to be in a band that's living in some other world or era. I want to live in this world. I want to comment on this world. And sometimes in order to comment on this world, you need to use the paint. Um, it'd be like, would you go see a comic book movie and expect them to use the sci science fiction effects from the 90s? No, you would expect them to use all the new... Like I watched The Mandalorian. I know, I, I, I read, oh I read somewhere like Mandalorian is almost... There's almost no sets... It's almost all CGI, yeah. which is amazing because it's so, it looks so real and so beautifully done. Yeah. So, so would everybody be as excited about the Mandalorian if it was shot like a bad '80s sci-fi movie? No. It's it's technology is part of what makes music interesting. It's like um, somebody said to me the other day. It's it sounds like you don't know what you're doing sometimes with the synthesizers, and I said I don't. That's kind of the beauty of it. It was the same thing with the guitar. You know, I didn't know what I was doing when I plugged the fuzz pedal into the amp and almost blew it up. You know, it was like. It was all a journey of discovery. So what I'm saying is I, 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 I don't want to be I don't want to be sort of put out to pasture with an expectation that isn't my own version of reality. My own version of reality is if I'm going to make music in a band like the Smashing Pumpkins, I want to make music for today. I've made so much music from other eras. There's so much to listen to. And even when I run into people on the street, they don't know all the B-sides. So if they really want to hear that sound of the band, I mean, there's tons of stuff to hear. It's not like we only did a couple albums. We did tons of music. Um, I really just want to live in the present. Yeah, and I think it's very, it's amazing and also very brave uh, to break out of your normal genre, whatever that might have been for the Pumpkins ever. Like you said, there's never been really a genre or whatever for the Smashing Pumpkins. And try, try something new and, yeah, evolve. Um, do you think that's necessary, not just for an artist's life, but in human's life? 
to evolve and break out of your system? Well, I, I think I think the defining um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to find the right English word. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> malappropriating mal the language, um, the, the, to me, the defining characteristic of human life is courage. Yeah. Right. If somebody wants to live a quiet life and that's really what they want to do, then courage is not part of the equation. But mm. many people don't really live the life they wish they'd lived. Um, they don't go the places they wanted to. I'm, like my mother died before she ever left America. She never saw Europe. It's crazy to me. She never got on a plane and went to England or France or Berlin or it's anything like that, right? So um, I think courage is necessary to ask yourself every day, am I living the life I want to live? Am I doing the things I want to do? Am I spending my time um, uh, well? And as you get older, that becomes an, an even a more difficult equation. You know, you have children, you have other responsibilities. So you, so. I think it's really just about courage. You know, I, I think the downside of failure is overrated. I think failure is quite valuable. I've learned a lot from failing. Um, and I don't have a problem with failing in public. But but yeah. American culture in particular is like they're deathly afraid of failure. Sure. They'd rather yeah. they'd rather, you know, like you hear this thing about people renting out private planes so they can take photo shoots. Have you seen this? Mm -hmm. So they can take yeah. selfies yeah. and say, oh, I'm on my private jet. This is such a weird yeah. thing, right? Like, I would never want to take a pr selfie on a private jet unless I was actually sitting on a private jet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. But for many people, yeah. the, 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 the symbiology of looking successful is more important than actually being successful. Mm. Um, and so failure is, is, a, is a necessary part of the equation of trying and losing and defining what you actually care about. Mm. And in music, it's very much frowned upon to fail. Because you'll be mm -hmm. you'll be punished, and they let and trust me in the business. They let you know that you will be punished if you fail. Yeah, yeah. But I I always but, said I always said sorry. But I always said a I'm not afraid to fail, and b even if I fail, you can't get rid of me because I don't need you. I'll do yeah. my own music. I'll I'll even just put music out for free on the internet. I don't need you. I can just I'm a musician, right? So yeah. by de by redefining the standards of what success was, I found success as an artist in many ways that people would used to say wasn't success. But in this world, it is success. More, more I love that. Because, yeah, yeah. More, more people than ever are listening to the Smashing Pumpkins. That's a huge success. In many That's ways, true. more people are listening now than they listened 20 years ago because of streaming and, and mm -hmm. international markets and people listening. But based on the old business, it's not considered a success unless you're standing on this stage with all these other phony people. But in the alternative community, we don't, you know what I mean? Success is just the act of trying or the, the act of, of bravery or courage. Yeah. So you are, are you happy with the new record then? Are you? I think it's really good. I think it's, I think it's good. Both. It's not only just a good musical record and it's a good musical journey, but it also shows that there's a lot of uh, life left in the band. Yeah. That to me is the biggest thing. Trust me when I tell you that when you're in the music business for a long time, and even, even the people that are around you, not the people on the other side of the street, like the people in your own world, it's very hard to convince them that you have more left. Of course, they see that where you can play concerts and stuff. But as far as having artistic um, opportunity, that's very hard to convince the people around you that you have. Uh, there's still many miles to go in terms of what you have to say as an artist. That's a that's a much more difficult thing to achieve. And so this record achieves that. So everybody around us is like, oh, okay, it isn't just a band getting together to play some old songs. There's a lot more here. And so this record proves that where maybe what we haven't done in the last four years has done that. Yeah. And since you've already mentioned the 25 years of melancholy, I can't believe it's been 25 years. 
seriously i don't i don't even want to know how you feel it's like oh my god 25 years seriously like, well you were only um, you were only two so that so it shouldn't bother you <laughs> no, no i was i was oh god i was okay i was four well that's uh, at least at least something <laughs> um but what you're planning on a sequel and you're also planning on an anniversary tour right I mean, touring is... Yeah, well, if, if it wasn't for COVID, we would be... Yeah. We would have announced dates for 2021 to do yeah. a melancholy-themed tour um, and then also announce, which we are working on now, is to do a sequel record to Melancholy Machine, our two kind of concept records from the, from the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, this would be like kind of part three of the movie. Um, so we're working on that now. In fact, that's where I'm going after this interview is to go work on that. And um, yeah... So, yeah, very busy. But unfortunately, with COVID, you know, everything is just up in the air. No one knows what's happening. And now, you know, like people were talking fall of 2021 about playing concerts again. And now people are starting to say, well, maybe that's not even going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Yes. But um, no matter what, um, whenever you announce your dates, I'm going to buy those. Okay, awesome. Thank you. I got to ask you one thing, though, because I'm personally interested in it. There's a super popular German book and movie called Solo Album from the 90s, which is basically like the German high fidelity. And um, in this book, the main character struggles with the line, the killer in me is the killer in you. And uh, by the end of the book, the main character still hasn't figured out what that sentence actually means. And neither <laughs> do I. Billy, please enlighten me. <laughs> What does it mean? <laughs> well, I, I've always taken the line to mean that um, every human uh, within them has greatness and evil. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you judge somebody uh, to be unworthy or, or, or bad or evil, you're also saying on some level that you don't have the same capacity within yourself. And human history is rife where people under certain circumstances, will do things that they never imagined they would do. You could see incredible acts of heroism, and you could see in incredible acts of debauchery. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, world history is rife with what invading armies do to the populace that they're invading. And then they would ask the soldiers afterwards, why'd you do that? So, well, everybody else was doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't, it didn't qualify in their mind that they were committing a crime because, well, everybody else was doing it. I live in a country yeah. where... Uh, racism was was for many years institutionalized. It was in our it was in our law. You know, we literally had things that were written that said certain segments of the population were worth less than other people, and or that the application of the law was not equal to, depending on your race, and even at some point even your gender. So there are times in history where people will do things that don't make any sense, but they do it just because everybody else is doing it. Well, that's that's a form of evil because you're not you're not. You're not adhering to the individual conscience within yourself and maybe your maker. You're in a human consciousness that says, well, uh, morality and the law is is applicable depending on the situation. Yeah. And that's very dangerous. That's great. And it's particularly yeah. in America right now, we see very uneven application of law and it's starting to make people really crazy. You know, okay. I, you know we had a civil war in America in, in the 18, uh, you know, 60s, obviously is a very uh, destructive thing. Um, for, for a variety of reasons, um, and but of course changed the history of the country in, into the positive, including the, the abolition of slavery. But I've grown up in a world that was essentially very safe outside of this threat of Soviet nuclear holocaust. You know, we were told as kids to go under the desk and hide if the bomb was coming, which is so stupid. But point is, we grew up in a very safe place. Well, now in a, it's a routine conversation in America for people to talk about civil war. 
So mm. you, you, you're talking about a highly industrialized Western country in the 21st century routinely talking about civil war. Why is that? Because you see an equal, an, an equal application of morality. Yeah, you've had, you've seen true. you've seen God or religion taken out of the mainstream conversation, and now it's just a big scrum of who has the right to 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 get away with something. And once you get into that, then you get into you're getting you're, in, you're into every bad spot in world history where people do really stupid shit. Mm. Billy, thank you so so much. Thank you. I'm I'm very very happy that we got the time and we got to talk, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you. Thank you so much. Okay, my best Have to your husband. Time. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts. 